Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Betting LA episode 64. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell. You can follow me on Twitter at smaxwell713, recording Friday, November 20th in the morning. I'm joined as always by my co host, Chris Lewert. He's on Twitter at Lumandingo Rock. Let's bring him in, Chris. Happy Friday. What are your thoughts here? Week 11 of the NFL season, week whatever we're on with college football. Are you excited it's, to talk some bets here? Yeah, impossible to try and put a week label on the mess that is college football. What I was wondering is, what do you do? What is your like pre-Thanksgiving meal? Like, do you do a breakfast? Do you like scrambled eggs early in the We're morning, guy? And Thanksgiving Tony? Day? Yeah. Well, look. Here's the thing with Thanksgiving. You know, at least for for my family, we usually do. Um, and I think this is probably pretty standard across the board. It's it's you know like a like an early dinner. Like you get there, you watch the last quarter of the Cowboys, and you serve dinner at four or four thirty or whatever. So, for me, since it's late. I think you have to have a big breakfast because you wait the rest of the day for this huge meal. And, you know, that basically ends up being both your lunch and your dinner and your dessert and your leftovers. Um, so you got to you got to be prepared to wait and, and, you know, smell all those smells when you walk into the family's home or wherever you're going to be this year. So I'm eating a, a pretty standard normal breakfast, scrambled eggs, maybe some turkey bacon, some hash browns. Um, I'm not worrying about it. Obviously, you can't really go buy anything, but I'm not I'm not. <laughs> purposely holding back because there's a bigger meal the rest of that day because you know you're fitting two meals into one for thanksgiving so that, that's kind of how i justify it for myself yeah my family has perpetually said we're going to eat early right we're going to eat at 4 30 well it never ever happens it's always 6 or 6 30 <laughs> and something always goes uh, wrong right yeah and, we, and nobody wants to make any more dishes so what we always tend to, to end up doing is, is some sort of turkey trot you know some sort of three to 5k jog run and then ruin all of that exercise by getting mcdonald's or wendy's or something like that (laughs) and just you know yep sharing the sharing the hundred piece mcnugget and trying to you know dip the mcnugget in every sauce um is kind of kind of the way it goes uh the good thing about fast food is that sounds like fun yeah well you don't you don't write you don't uh Fast food is not very satisfying. It doesn't really stick on the old ribs. So uh, inevitably, you're hungry in two hours anyway. So it's it, it works out. I beg you differ. Fast food definitely sticks to the ribs, if you know what I'm saying. The belly as well. So uh, <laughs> we, we could sit here and talk about food probably all day. But uh, let's move on. Let's talk about what our viewers and our listeners actually care about, which is our picks for the NFL and college football weekend. Uh, we talked briefly before we went on air about uh, the NBA draft last week. It was a very good NBA draft for Edge Finder. I had a bunch of features, unfortunately, on LaMelo Ball, uh, but I actually ended up not losing as much as I thought I would based on the EdgeFinder pick. So uh, if you are inclined, go on Twitter and check out EdgeFinder. That is Stag Capital's products, live time picks based on algorithms and math. You're getting uh, you're getting picks that basically uh, make sense. They're not sexy, but uh, statistically you have an advantage. And of course, that's what we're all about here is having that mathematical advantage when you're betting. 
Okay, let's recap very briefly here, Chris. Last week, it was our, our Friday the 13th show. Uh, it was week number 10 of the NFL. And, and again, we already established we're not doing weeks with college football. Uh, I actually went 3-1, and one, one of my best weeks in a while. Uh, I did not hit on a USC team total. I took that over 41. That did not hit. Uh, but I did hit on Dolphins, minus 1.5. I hit on Seahawks team total under 27. And my best bet, absolutely clobbered. That one was over uh, in the first quarter. Batters, minus 4.5. That one was all the way up to minus 7 at game time. Of course, there was um, uh, clear, not clarity on, on who was going to start for the Badgers at quarterback. Graham Mertz ends up playing. The Badgers were missing a few stars, but ended up not being a problem as they clobbered. The Michigan Wolverines, 49 to 11. So I now stand at 14 and 13 and 1, all in for this football season, 7, 3, and 1 in best bets. You were coming off a rough week, I believe, Chris. How'd you do last week? I also went 3 and 1, and uh, we did get a little specter of Friday the 13th when, I don't know, what, an hour, 90 minutes after we recorded the. Uh, Utah UCLA game got punted uh, for inevitable dis, you know, <laughs> punted to a point that they may never ever play again. Uh, we were just talking before, like, has Utah played a game yet? I always see them on the schedule, but I'm not sure they ever actually play. So that was thrown out. Uh, USC Arizona won that under 34 half in the first half. Chargers Dolphins under 48 and a half uh, was a loss. Seahawks Rams. I had the Rams minus a half point in the first half was a W, and then the best bet Raiders was a was a walk in the park at uh, even money Sounding. minus three was a win. Yeah, you know if you yeah. watch that game, the, the Raiders ran all over the Broncos. I mean, Josh Jacobs had 100 yards and two scores. Devontae Booker had another two scores. But you know what I what I was noticing was that wow, Jerry Judy, this guy is always open if the Broncos had a capable even an average NFL quarterback that dude's having a 150 yard game maybe this is a different game this was a close game middle of the second quarter and then the Broncos just couldn't move the ball and the Raiders just ran right down their throats and, and the Broncos are missing some key defensive linemen so um you know that's one of those things you have to adjust on the fly because when you look at it you look at the Broncos and said hey they're actually a top five team against the run uh, on the season, but you have to look a little closer. They lost Terrell Casey in week number three. He's a big piece of their defensive line. They lost Mike Purcell, uh, a, a top-rated defensive tackle on PFF. So now the rushing defense is actually very porous, and you have to you have to look at these things past the granular level, uh, and that's what we try to do here, I believe, in Benning LA, and that's, of course, what Sack Capital and Edge Finder does as well. All right, so that was our picks from last week. We both had very uh, impressive weeks. And before we move on to talk about this week, let's talk about our sponsor. And that, of course, is, again, our friends at betonline.ag. We are approaching Thanksgiving, Chris. It's the best, one of the best uh, gambling weekends of the entire year. I think you've got NFL games on Thursday. You've got college football games on Thursday. You've got tons of games on Friday. You've got college basketball starting next week. You know, this is going to be a very, very strange year for college basketball. We've got so many great things. There is no better place to go to enter your bets than betonline.ag. They've got game spreads. They've got totals. They've got team, player, and even coaching props. And, of course, Chris, as we always detail, if you need to chase your losses on Sunday night, they have an online casino that never closes. So head, head online to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. And sign up today, Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And speaking of Bet Online, they still haven't graded those election results. Oh, really, God. really, no one's graded those election results. So I think everyone's a little bit afraid of, of doing something and then retroactively having to change it again. And so I get it. Uh, but of course, if you have any bets on Joe Biden, you are very frustrated by the delay uh, in this. But uh, you know, those will eventually be graded at some point. 
Let's move on, Chris. Let's talk about this week. And of course, this again, Friday, November 20th. We're recording this about 10 a.m. So by the time you listen to this, uh, you know, both UCLA and SC may have already played. We're going to talk about those games. Uh, but hopefully you're listening to this in time to get some of these bets in, especially for the NFL and especially for best bets where I'm 731 and Chris has been hot of late as well. Now let's talk about it. UCLA is taking on the Oregon Ducks. This is the Chip Kelly Bowl. Of course, Chip Kelly was a very prominent head coach for much of the last decade with the Oregon Ducks. He led them to a national championship appearance, a Rose Bowl victory before moving on to the NFL. And then of course, failing twice and ending up back at UCLA. <laughs> uh, you talked about it briefly before UCLA ended up beating Cal with zero preparation for the, for the bears. This was scheduled rescheduled moments after we published last week. Uh, UCLA was supposed to take on Utah. Cal was supposed to take on Arizona state. Both games canceled. I really like what the PAC 12 was doing and trying to especially and not waste these opportunities. Both UCLA and Cal were able and eligible to play. Guess what? They played Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for the Rose Bowl. It was insane as I'm preparing my NFL bets to turn on and see live college football action on a Sunday morning from the Rose Bowl. So the Bruins are now 1-1. One one. Of course, they had that loss opening week to Colorado. Oregon's looked very good there, 2-0 against the spread uh, with their new quarterback, Tyler Shook. So this is a 17.5-point spread here, Chris. Yesterday, this was at 13.5. We caught it a little bit late if you're an Oregon backer because UCLA's quarterback, Dorian uh, DTR, hold on, it's loading here. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, I believe, uh, is right now questionable. Yeah, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, questionable the Bruin online report yesterday Bruin report online excuse me reported that his availability wasn't down so that means the, the spread four points so we have a 17 and a half point spread here the one-on-one UCLA Bruins taking on the Oregon Ducks 2-0 17 and a half point spread the total here is 68 this one Saturday afternoon 1230 from Austin Stadium in Eugene Oregon what are your thoughts here Bruins at Ducks yeah what a mess uh this you know, it's it's hard to look at any of these games now and not think that they might just get canceled. Uh, there's just so much going on, and it's it's frustrating to at times put in the put in the time, put in the effort, look at things, and then realize that it's not going to go off. In this case, there's a lot of unknowns, and normally when I see unknowns, and I, I was having trouble at a lot of books finding this actually listed. A lot of games headed off the board. Probably going to wait much closer to game time, but my initial reaction is take the under. Um, they adjusted the spread pretty quickly. Sometimes the over-under doesn't move quite as quickly. And uh, I could see UCLA going out there without their quarterback and scoring 14 points in Oregon, putting up 40, and then you're well under that, you know, 68 and a half. So price-wise, didn't see anything that I could actually bet on, but my gut tells me to take an under in a game like uh, as they probably, I said that about the Colorado game too, when they had like 30 points apiece in the first <laughs> half. But um, that's just where I would be leaning. If you can't, like, with a, with a lot of unknowns, and we say this all the time, right? The public likes to bet overs. That line might not change. That might not be affected by the fact that you might have players out. The times could be moved. The things could change. So I'm inclined to take that under 68 half. It's a pretty big number, even for college. Yeah, we are totally in agreement. That is what my gut told me to do as well. And look, this is not just... Uh, one player. This isn't just Dorian Thompson Robinson that, that may not be eligible for this game. Oregon, you know, certainly we've seen throughout college football in the NFL, usually where there's smoke, there's fire, there's not just one player. These guys are in the locker room, they're eating together, they're doing, you know, hanging out together. You know, obviously there's protocols in place, but very often if there's one guy that's going to be out, it's going to be several more, if not, you know, a dozen more or whatever. So it could be, um, you know, offensive line starters, it could be defensive starters. You're taking a risk, certainly. But 
my, what I, my gut tells me to do is also take the under. Uh, and I'm actually specifically going to recommend taking the first half under. I do think that if UCLA's backup quarterback comes out there, he's going to have a, a rough start. It's hard to go out there and immediately be effective. These quarterbacks are good. They're highly recruited. They can settle into these games. But I don't think those first or second drives, that's going to be the case. And I've actually watched both Oregon games start to finish. Both my roommates are Oregon grads, uh, huge Duck fans. And so I've watched a lot of Oregon football over the years, but specifically this year. Both of these games, they've ended up scoring all right. They scored 35 points against Stanford. They scored 43 points last week against Washington State. Uh, however, they were slow starting games. This is a, a new quarterback. You know, no more Justin Herbert, of course. This is Tyler Shook. Uh, and, and he started slow against Stanford, got going in the second half. Uh, and Oregon was actually trailing for much of that game against Washington State before turning it on late and dominating down the stretch there to win by 14. So I like the first half under. I don't have a total here right now, uh, but I imagine it'll be somewhere around 34 or so, 33, 32, something like that. I do think it's going to be a slower start for these teams, but I go ahead and take my, my official pick is going to be first half under, whatever that ends up being. Uh, but I also like the overall game under 60, as you mentioned. That is a lot of points with this amount of uncertainty. Moving on to the other side of the college football landscape here in Los Angeles. The 2-0 USC fighting Trojans are taking on the 0-0 Utah Utes. They've had, <laughs> unfortunately, both of their games canceled. Uh, USC has had miraculous wins in both of their first two wins. This is exactly how you drew it up. Uh, if you're a Clay Helton guy, which I know there's not very many of you out there, but, uh, you know, Clay Helton, 2-0. They're contenders. They're ranked. Uh, this is what he does. He saves his job year after year after year. A lot of SC fans want him just to, to bite the bowl and have a bad year and finally get Clay Helton out of there, but it does not look like that's going to be the case. Uh, this is a really interesting game because we haven't seen Utah, you know, in, in almost a year. You know, they played in the Pac-12 championship game basically 11 months ago, maybe even more than that, probably uh, 11 months and three weeks or whatever. Um, USC is it's essentially a pick, and they're two and a half point road favorites the total in this one is 58 this one's saturday evening 7 30 p.m from salt lake city of course historically a very very difficult place to play especially for usc so what are your thoughts here trojans at utes so what i think is that if you can find a yes no will this game actually be played i would take the no it seems like the most automatic thing the fact that you just said utah hasn't played in 11 months do we know who's on the team anymore who's coaching that team do they still have a team uh, are we sure that uh, Utah just hasn't bothered to mention that they're they folded the program and every week that we just keep putting them on the schedule? Getting a little silly at this point. But under 27.5, first half, even money is the bet. That's slightly off. It should be more like minus 105, minus 108, minus 110. So getting even money on it at bet online right now is a is a good value bet. And that's what I would take. And I fully expect USC to miraculously pull out another win and Mr. Helton continue to stick around uh, as a probably average coach uh, eking out wins that make him hundreds of thousands of dollars by continuing to keep his job at USC. More than hundreds of thousands of dollars. This guy is very, very well compensated and, uh, you know, unanimously, at least from all the Trojan fans that I know, they just want this guy <laughs> gone. Uh, yep. He's a really nice guy. I met him a few times in person. Uh, I think he's actually a, a decent coach just for whatever reason. These SC fans don't feel like he's a good fit. They don't feel like they can get him back to championship-level contention. Um, you know, But he is winning, and there's a reason that he's kept his job a few times. There hasn't really been anyone else out there that's worth it. Um, but I, I do expect him to keep his job um, if they continue winning. And, and right now, they're favored to do so. Go 3 now. We've seen them get very, very fortunate. I mean, that opening game against Arizona State, the, the yep. tipped touchdown. And then last week, coming back and, and just barely beating Arizona on the road. I mean, last second wins back-to-back. -back. This is almost kind of a a product of those wins. It, it seems like this should probably be a pick em or even 
swung the other way, the fresher team at home, which is a very difficult place to play in altitude, you would think would have that minus two and a half or minus three, but um, USC's public. We've seen them play this year. We've seen them win this year. And so I think that's why they're getting the benefit of the doubt from the odds makers. So I actually really like Utah Moneyline here. I'm going to take the points though as my pick plus two and a half just because a couple times we've seen USC pull out, eke out very, very close wins. And so I think you actually may have the benefit of, of those two points may actually give you the benefit of winning this bet. So I think it's worth it to take the two and a half instead of the money line. Um, you know, Utah is a, is a very well-coached team. He jokes about if they still have a coach. They, they gave Kyle Winningham a, a very nice extension. So I imagine that he's still coaching. He's getting paid <laughs> nice to do something. Nice to go something. to the office and get paid and not do anything. Great. Exactly. He's getting paid to do something. So, uh, And I did see a statistic. I think I mentioned this in the podcast last week. Um, this year, this is the first time we've ever seen this, obviously. But teams that are coming off of an actual game, going up against a team that had last week off, there's been a discrepancy and it favors the team that had last week off. And, you know, for Utah, they've been dealing with COVID issues. Maybe a lot of their players are back. Maybe they're not. But one thing we know for sure, there are no injuries from playing games. No one's banged up. No one's got a, a broken arm. No one's playing with, with bruised ribs. You know, everyone's healthy and ready to go. Where USC has played two games. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys are banged up. A lot of guys aren't at full strength. And Utah's obviously had some additional time to repair for this game. So I like Utah here. This is a very, very difficult place to play. We always forget about how challenging it is to go into to altitude and, and beat a team like Utah. Um, you know, we saw the same thing with UCLA week one going to play Colorado. They're not easy places to play. This is a very well-coached team. This is a team coming off of a Pac-12 South championship last year, narrowly lost Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, so not only I think is this a good bet just in a vacuum with these two teams, but also considering those advantages of not having played. I like Utah plus two and a half. Chris likes the first half under 27 and a half. Let's move on. Let's talk about the NFL. We've got a beautiful game. The 0-9 New York Jets are traveling out to SoFi Stadium Sunday afternoon to take on the 2-7 and Los Angeles Chargers. I joke with my roommates that uh, you don't even need to bet. You don't even need to tune into Chargers game because you know <laughs> it's going to come down to the final drive. They'll have a chance to either win or lose. So it's kind of remarkable they're actually favored by 9.5. I don't care how bad the Jets are. You know at some point this is going to be a competitive game. Chargers are nine and a half point home favorites. The total in this one's 46. This one's Sunday afternoon, 1 to 5 p.m. from SoFi Stadium. What are your thoughts here? Jets at Chargers. I would put $20 on the Jets money line just in case. Just in case Chargers want to go as chargery, chargery as they can. Uh, that season under is looking really good for us and the Chargers, figuring out new and interesting ways to continue to lose games. It can't possibly be that bad, can they? Uh, certainly they won't lose to the Jets traveling across the country. Not my official pick, but if you like to gamble, if you like a sweat, maybe just throw $20 on that Jets money line for funsies so that you can – it's worth the $20, right? Not not about the money you would make winning, but the fact that you could gloat to everybody that you you were the Jets believer, uh, one of the worst teams we've seen in some time. I don't think you want to boast about that. <laughs> that seems yeah. like a weird thing to boast about I you, took Brad. the Jets. You're an idiot anyway. Even if you won, you're an idiot. Um First half over 23 half at plus 110. Really solid odds on that. That should be a less than probably an even money bet. It's probably a minus 105 bet. So grab that over 23 half. Uh, I expect the Chargers to do. I expect Private Herbert to do all the all the heavy lifting on that. Um, I hope his agent called him and told him, don't ever do that again. You've just lost endorsement money because you look like you're 11 years old now. The haircut is just yep. absurd. And it was, it was a fun joke by everyone. That's a kind of – Mina Kimes, I think, was the one I tweeted out in solidarity with Justin Herbert. Here's my worst haircut. And there was you know, 10,000 <laughs> comments of everyone's worst haircuts that are now forever out on the internet. So good on you people for putting that out there. Um, 
Look, this Jets team is dreadful. They're terrible. They're poorly coached. Uh, they're one of the worst teams I've ever seen. Uh, and this Chargers team is a lot better than this 2-7 and seven record. In yep, case. they are. Let's not discount, though, that this Jets team, okay, they're 0-9. They, there are bets out there now. You can make bets on whether or not they're going to go 0-16 or, or whether or not they're going to win a game. And they don't want to be the second team or is, is it maybe the third team to go in 16. This is truly one of the best chances for them to win. Uh, they should have beaten the Patriots two weeks ago. They didn't. Uh, I do think this Jets team is, is starting to play better. I don't, they're not a good team by any means, but they're, they're not as bad as, let's say, that 0-16 Lions team or the 0-16 Browns team. I, I think they're a substantially better team than either one of those 0-16 teams. They don't want to become the third team ever to go 0-16. So don't discount the motivation this team's going to have. Just just get that win. If they get one win 15, guess what? They're no longer one of the worst teams of all time. Yep. They're a 1-15 team, not an 0-16 team. And so I really do think that this is a team that's going to come out hungry, motivated. They're moving the ball better. Uh, they're not as bad as that record indicates. And, and neither are the Chargers, but I actually like Jets plus 9.5 plus nine here. I do think this is going to be another one of those games that comes down to the wire. Uh, and I'm right there with you. I think Jets money line is a, is a decent bet. I think that the Chargers for Survivor is going to be a trap this week because it's just so easy to take against the Jets every single week. But, uh, you know, there's been a lot of teams – a lot of teams that are 0-9, 0-10, and everyone thinks this this is they're 100% going to go in 16, and then they win the game, and it always surprises people, but this is going to happen. So I'm taking Jets plus 9.5. Chris likes the first half over 23.5, and, and, of course, Chargers have been scoring a lot of points, so uh, that's an interesting one as well. Let's move on now to what should be a phenomenal Monday night football and end to week number 11. The Rams, 6-3 and three Rams, are taking on the 7-3 and three Tampa Bay Bucks and breaking news actually considering Tampa Tampa Bay considering <laughs> Tampa Bay it looks like the Toronto Raptors of the NBA are actually going to play their home games in Tampa this year because there's difficulty with traveling to and from Canada of course with COVID restrictions so uh, another orphan team uh, from Toronto will now be playing in Tampa um, so completely relevant for this game but the Bucks are four point home favorites the total is 48 and a half look the Bucks have been really bad so far this year Chris in prime time they lost to your Chicago Bears in a Thursday night football game a couple weeks ago Sunday night football they get absolutely annihilated by the New Orleans Saints can the Bucks show up in prime time against the hometown Los Angeles Rams what are your thoughts here so if you didn't know this is I tell you the people who are really happy about Toronto playing in Tampa is every member of the Toronto team staff and players because you pay your income tax where you are playing the game, and the state of Florida has no income tax. So uh, everybody has just gotten a raise, if you remember. Everyone's a winner. Yep, <laughs> you, are, uh, you are a big winner, so congratulations. That is uh, probably a few hundred thousand dollars or a million for some of you. Oh, gosh, that loss the Bucks had to the Bears is really, really, really looking poor at this point. I am a big Rams believer at this point, and nothing was, was really offsides, so I'm just taking what I really like. Rams plus four at minus 110. I think playing on Monday night is going to give them an extra day to uh, get used to being on the East Coast, which I think will be valuable. Weather is not going to be an issue, I don't think, unless a hurricane comes blowing through. And I just, I like the way the Rams look. The thing I will say about McVay that a lot of other coaches is he readjusted to the way the league adjusted to him, right? And that's what makes a really good NFL coach is you come out, you do what you do, you catch the league off sides. The league adjusts to you, and then you have to readjust to what they've done. And I've seen McVay do that. I like how the Rams are looking. Goff is probably still not worth the $100 billion they're paying him, but he looks solid, right? And uh, when you've got a pretty good defense, you've got a pretty good offense, you know, a tip of the hat to the Rams. At plus four, I like that a lot, especially because it's got that hook past three. So Rams plus four, minus 110. This Bucks team is, is really Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, you look at these last four weeks. 
Last week, they were they were losing early on to Carolina. They ended up stomping them, 46-23. Nice bounce-back week from the week before, where they were destroyed, 38-3, by the Saints in a game that many people thought was going to be an amazing game. The week before that, they barely hold on to defeat the Giants. The Giants had a chance to tie that game up late. And the week before that, they had a dominating road victory over the, the Las Vegas Raiders, who have proven, I think, to be a very, very substantial team. It's hard to know which Tampa Bay team you're going to get. Uh, they are a very balanced team. They have a lot of offensive talent. They have an enormous amount of defensive talent as well. The Rams, though, are not getting enough credit either for being a very balanced team. This team can run, as is evidenced by last week. It looks like they're just running all over the place. You know, look, Daryl Henderson is PFF's number one greater running back. It's unbelievable. You know, Goff had 300 yards last week, didn't score a touchdown, but they didn't need him to. And, of course, this defense has, uh, you know, the star power of all star powers and a very, very good physical corner in Jalen Ramsey. And, of course, uh, probably the best defensive player, at least top three in the NFL in Aaron Donald. So it's a difficult game. And, you know, look, Let's just talk about the basics here. We oftentimes quote or you know say, hey, a West Coast team traveling to the East, that's a, an advantage for the East Coast team. When it's a primetime game, not really as much as an advantage. If this was a 10 a.m. game on Sunday, huge advantage for the Bucs, but it's not. And so I actually think it's going to be a very limited advantage of anything for the Bucs. Uh, and the Rams certainly need to win this game. They need to keep pace with the Hawks, who won last night. Of course, they're now 7-3. and three. The Rams need to keep pace if they want to try to win that division. And they're coming off of a, of a you know, just embarrassing Russell uh, Wilson last week. So much pressure on him every single play. Yep. Guess what? Tom Brady is not Russell Wilson. He is one of the most immobile quarterbacks uh, you know, of all time. <laughs> but certainly when he's 43, Tom Brady still has a lot of things very, very well. He's, I think, still a top-ten quarterback in this league. But he's not mobile. And so I think this Rams pass rush is going to get after him. I think Jalen Ramsey will lock down whatever receiver they decide to throw him on. Uh, and I do think the Rams, I'm in agreement here with you. I'm taking them plus four. I think Moneyline's actually a decent bet as well. But I like getting that plus four uh, just in case they, of course, lose by a last-second field goal. Four points, that, that's, a, that's a good number to get. So Rams plus four uh, is a nice bet there. So uh, we're, we're going to take the Rams here. Both of us didn't like the Rams uh, two months ago. We adjusted, and now I think this, this Rams team is certainly a contender, not just in the NFC West, but in the NFC as a whole. And and I echo the same sentiments in Sean McVay. Look, this guy has proven he's one of the NFL's best quarterback or the NFL's best coaches, I should say, not quarterbacks. Um, he was the toast of the town, had a bad year, came back and readjusted. And that's a sign of a good coach, making adjustments. Yep. When you want to do things your way and it works, I think that works and that's very good. That shows that you're a good coach. When you want to do things your way, but it doesn't work and you have to adjust and you have success, that's a sign of an excellent coach. And that's exactly what Sean McVay is doing this 2020 season. It's best bet here time. I'm a 7-3-1. Chris is having a good stretch here as well. What is your best bet for this November 20th podcast, Chris? So I am going to take, and everybody's going to roll their eyes here a little bit, but I am going to take Aaron Donald, my boy. Russian. Okay, I said this again because I like saying it. I like hearing myself speak. Tom Brady is a statue. Quarterbacks hate pressure up the middle more than they hate anything else. That's where Aaron Donald lives. Aaron Donald over. You could find this prop, and sometimes they have it one and a half, a half sack, or it's just a yes, no. Where will Aaron Donald have a sack? Take that with confidence. His eyes are going to be big. Target isn't moving. This is how you can get those incentives in your contract. So Aaron Donald, yes, to have over a half a sack, or yes, will have at least one a sack. sack. Yep. So let me let me hear your thoughts on this. Why specifically Aaron Donald versus just taking the over on sacks for the Rams? Because, you know, you could lose this bet very easily if they decide to triple team Aaron Donald like the Seahawks did for a couple plays last week. And you could be right in the fact that Tom Brady's a statue and the Rams defense is getting all kinds of pressure and getting sacks. But you could still lose that bet just based on how they play it. Do you, do you have any thoughts on that strategy? It's really just it's really just a value play. So you're going to get 
you're going to get better odds, right? And a lot of times the team sack thing is going to be, it could be overblown for something like this, right? So the bookmakers are going to say, all right, like Tom Brady, statue, uh, really good defensive line, good defense at LA. So the sack total is going to be something that's too high, right? And you're going to overpay for it. So it'll be three and a half or it'll be four and a half and it'll be, you know, be minus 110, right? Whereas the individual player props tend to present better value. And you're right. Uh, a guy like uh, Floyd, you know, will probably have two sacks and he's not nearly the player that Aaron Donald is, but the, you know, Tampa is going to say like, the one thing we have to do is make sure Tom can stand in the pocket. We're going to triple team if we have to let everybody go wild, but it's more just, it's a risky bet as is. I just like the value better for an individual guy like Aaron Donald. So yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's not, it's not the safest pick in the world for sure, but those team things tend to be not priced as, as correctly as the individual player is going to be. So there you have it, a lock on Sunday, or on Monday, excuse me. <laughs> Leonard Floyd, two sacks. Go ahead and take that. that you're going to get probably even better odds than on someone like Floyd versus right. Aaron Donald. All right, my best bet. We're going back to college football. We're going back to the Big Ten. Just like last week, I'm taking the Big Ten phone. No, I'm not taking my Wisconsin batters again, although I do think they beat Northwestern. I'm taking Ohio State minus 20 and a half. As much as it pains me to say that, I do not think this Indiana team has a rare chance on Saturday, or tomorrow, excuse me, of defeating Ohio State. This Ohio State team, Justin Fields, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. They have an enormous offensive line. They've got a terrific and very talented defense. They're well coached. This Indiana team, feel good story of the year. They barely beat Penn State. They beat Michigan. This is a, a very good team. They're a much improved team. This is the first time we've seen them really play like a true powerhouse. And, uh, you know, at 20 and a half, I think that the Ohio State probably wins this game by 24, 27, maybe even 30 points. And so I'm very confidently taking Buckeyes. Minus 20 and a half, you're, I actually see money line in a couple books there. Minus 1,100. I'm not going to recommend taking that because that's the definition of a bad bet. Oh. However, I'll say this much. I would be absolutely shocked. Absolutely shocked. No result this weekend would surprise me more in any football game than an Indiana win because that would actually turn the college football uh, world upside down. That would be insane. A, a program like Indiana that's been irrelevant for 40 years or basically yeah, forever. forever. De defeats, you know, it, one of the best teams in the country, if not the best team. Um, you know, we've seen things, weird things like this happen before. Stanford, before they were dominant powerhouse, you know, defeated USC. I think that was 2007. That was like a 35-point spread, or one of the biggest upsets of all time. My Badgers last year lost at Illinois. They were a 30-and-a-half-point favorite, something like that. So we, we see these things happen sometimes, and Indiana is certainly a good team, better than Illinois or Stanford at that time, but Buckeyes minus 20 and a half. Thank me later. All right. That's my best bet for this week. Any final thoughts here, Chris? Episode 64, pre-Thanksgiving week of Believe in Betting LA. I hope that Indiana Buckeye game is competitive because I am going to be watching that with a number of IU fans who are just absolutely throttling. Uh, for you. Yeah. The most, the most success Indiana's had in any sport for some time. Uh, they are so, so excited. And don't worry. Yes, we're doing this quite safely. We are going to all be outside. Guy actually bought a brand new TV just for this game. Uh, we'll have oh, the, no kidding. These, these yep, guys are we'll bombs. Have, yep, we'll have the grill fired up. Uh, we'll be sitting outside, socially distanced, and probably not much talking because uh, beers will be in hand. So uh, hopefully it's a competitive game so that we can actually enjoy the whole day rather than you know folding up the tents after the first quarter when uh, Ohio State is up uh, you know twenty eight nothing. Anyone I've ever met that went to Indiana tells me that they didn't go to the football games, but they tailgated and they went home That's and napped. Right. I yep. think this is exactly. This is going to be That's exactly. Right. We're going to recreate that in real life at a football game. I think everyone's super pumped up. 
Indiana's going to come out there fired up, and it's going to be one of those games that's over mid-first quarter. I think that, that that's what I see, at least. I'm hoping <laughs> I'm wrong. I would love to see the Buckeyes go down, but, uh, you know, in terms of my wallet, I'm hoping for the Buckeyes to cover that spread. So uh, good luck to your Hoosier friends. Uh, they're, they're no stranger to disappointment over the last 15 to 20 years yep. in all kinds of sports, so I'm sure they're prepared mentally for things to go awry. Well, this was episode 64 of Believe in Betting LA. For those Bloomington, Indiana, passionate fans, for the Believe Podcast Network, for SAG Capital, for Bet Online, for Chris Lewart, I'm Sam Maxwell. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.